Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're Out to Lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Today, we're so happy to be back at Mansur's on the Boulevard after doing a year of virtual shows because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But while many of us were working remotely through 2020 and perhaps felt like we were putting our lives on pause, ambitious entrepreneurs were plowing ahead with the hopes, dreams, and business plans, which in the case of my two guests today have turned out extremely well. With me to discuss this is Jack Karavich, owner of Tiger Air, a sports technology startup founded at LSU's Innovation Park that has developed an in-helmet airflow system for use in sports helmets, construction hard hats, and military headwear. This high-tech headwear utilizes a small device that leverages the air vents in a helmet using a battery, a couple of tubes, and a tiny fan and it enables air circulation that keeps athletes and other wearers cooler, drier, safer, and better able to perform. Jack developed the technology in partnership with LSU, which has since licensed the product for its football team. And several other universities, including Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, and Texas A&M have since followed suit. Tiger Air is now designing batting helmets that incorporate the technology and has plans to tackle lacrosse helmets and ice hockey helmets after that. Tiger Air also has opened new offices in Richmond, Virginia, which will serve as corporate headquarters. Prior to founding the company, Jack served as chief digital architect of Honeywell. His resume also includes stints at several other big companies. Jack said he didn't intend to start a new business with Tiger Air, but fell into it, and that's probably always the best way, isn't it? That's how the great thing is happening. Well, we are excited to hear the story. So thanks for being here today on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me. While Jack's technology is designed to keep its wearers cool, my next guest is focused on making them hot. She is April Hill, owner of Yoga Studio 90, a health and wellness studio offering high-intensity interval training, yoga, and Pilates in one complete full-body workout that is intended to be done in a steamy 90-degree room. April has owned the studio for more than a decade now, though it previously operated under a different name as a franchise outlet. But then just one month into the pandemic of 2020, when everyone was under lockdown and no one could get to the gym, April rebranded her studio and launched her own company with an online platform of virtual workouts available on a subscription basis that has enabled her to reach a much broader clientele, including me, from anywhere in the country. And so besides being an entrepreneur. April is also a certified esthetician, though, with Yoga Studio 90. I don't know how you'd have time to do anything else. So thanks so much for joining us today on Out to Lunch. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, Jack, I'm going to start with you. You say you didn't want to start a company, but how did something like this come together? Um, you know, honestly, the um, the story really, for for my wife and I, we, we were in New Orleans. We had bought uh, a vacation house there, which we had been talking about for 15 years and uh, spent the summer renovating it. And the last week of July, uh, some family had uh, um, sent over, I think it was a newspaper article, of one of the LSU players complaining about uh, the protective wear that they were going to have to wear last season. And uh, just through some family pressure, um, 
folks said, you know, you should reach out, talk with folks at LSU, see if you could help out. Um, and uh, at the time for me, I was, I was spending uh, most of my day renovating a house and the rest of it poolside and drinking beer. And I uh, didn't really have a good argument to make as to, you know, not reaching out uh, at the time. So I reached out, uh, had a couple email addresses that, uh, that had been sent to me and just sent a, a short introduction and said, hey, here's my background. I know you all are struggling getting ready for the football season and I don't know much about football, but, you know, maybe, you know, just another set of eyes and um, perspective could be helpful. And uh, uh, the next morning at about 5.45 in the morning, I was actually just uh, at coffee right before with uh, this gentleman and uh, get a phone call. I just poured myself a cup of coffee. Uh, most people would never call me that early. I uh, didn't recognize the number from Baton Rouge and picked up. Uh, and it was Greg Stringfellow from uh, LSU football. And he said, uh, listen, you know, we just came out of coach's meeting this morning and uh, we'd like for you to come in and, and uh, kind of show you some of the issues we're having and, you know, would love your perspective on it based on some of the work you've done in the past. So uh, I headed into Baton Rouge that day and uh, just uh, drank through the fire hose and learned a lot about football. Um, you know, honestly, I think it was the first time I didn't play football growing up, probably the first time I put on a football helmet in 25 years and uh, just learned a lot really quickly from uh, from the guys that were there. And uh, the things that really jumped out, I think, initially, and we ran through everything football related, um, was really just first and foremost is the weight of the helmet. Um, and then you really kind of realize you put a helmet on, it's heavy. Um, it doesn't breathe all that well, and it's hot. And, uh, you know, and sort of I think the, the running mythology is, you know, well, that's football. You know, it's, it's a heavy helmet, it's hot, you know, and it, and it doesn't breathe well, and that's football, and you just put up with it. Um, and that kind of came back constantly sort of throughout the day, that theme. And, um, and then the other thing that jumped out that I thought was fascinating is football players love to wear these really cool visors. There's a visor on this one right here. Uh, probably about 80% of the guys they told me want to wear a visor, and only about 20% actually end up wearing one of these Nike or Oakley or Under Armour visors um, because it actually makes it even hotter and less breathable uh, inside the helmet. So taking all that in, you know, we had thrown around some ideas, and uh, um, the LSU staff filled my trunk with helmets. I drove back to, to New Orleans, and uh, it was a three-day weekend for me at that point, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when I got back. And it just started tinkering in the garage, and I hit a point where I realized, you know, there, there's not – there's nothing better really than what had shut had developed, which was almost this shower curtain piece to cover the player's mouth. The real challenge is that when you had that, the players couldn't breathe. So for me, I just thought, well, the issue is just getting more air inside the helmet. So I took some old computer hardware and, and just Jimmy rigged a really primitive setup and called up Greg on Sunday. And I was like, God, I think I have something that kind of feels good right now. Should I bring it in? And uh, I was lucky I actually took videos of, uh, of the guys initially trying it on, Jamar and Damone and all the players last summer before before Jamar opted out and um, and the reaction was just uh, um, just so incredible from them immediately putting on their eyes lighting up and just the guttural reaction of you know oh my gosh would be the reaction we would always get well I want to so, come back to the idea of, of how you came up yeah. with this idea but April first you also like launched this whole new company with this whole new workout line just a few weeks into the pandemic how did this come about? I mean, you had, had were you planning to do it and the timing just worked out or what? Well, I recognized in 2018, 2019, people's time is so valuable and pe Americans work so much more <laughs> than most. Um, they wanted something that they could do online or through an app. And then I knew from my own clientele that have vacation homes and children graduating and moving off, they wanted an option to do my workout while they were away. And they would say, look, I know it's not gonna be the same. 
I'm not going to have the heat. I promise you I'll turn the heater on. So I'd had people coming to me for years to come up with something. And the, the writing on the wall was so clear at the time of the pandemic. Thankfully, my husband, who just sees further out than I do, um, he said, April, we've, there, there is a need. I'm telling you, he travels many states for his um, job. He said, there is a need for this. And so we you know, just sat down one weekend and kind of drew out what we thought we could afford, what I knew I could commit to logistically. I, I do have three children. And so we just started from there. And then we reached out to some of the best people in the industry um, in Colorado, in New York, and said, what can you do with a shoestring budget? How can you coach us through this? And um, they were like, well, let's, let's do it one step at a time. And so it is very different to teach on camera than it is to teach in a class. And I was pretty focused on bringing the class experience on camera. And all these great coaches that I worked with were like, well, no, we just want you want on camera. And I said, no, I am fueled by those that are around me. There is just something about a class experience. So we're going to work. I'll give it a shot your way, but I'm not giving up on my way. That's what we really ran with um, was doing it from a class, which we couldn't get during COVID. When right. We so originally y'all were doing it from That's your right. So I was like, look, you got me. My kids, you've got me, you've got my husband, you got a couple of instructors that were willing to to just rally behind me. But that's how it came together, you know, very similar to your story. You just sit down and you write write it all out and you put your faith in the man above and roll forward. So amazing. And how the how the pandemic was really the inspiration yes. for, for a lot of this and the driving force. But um, Jack I mean, did you have experience building like cooling devices or mechanical things like this? Like um, when you reached out to LSU, what was your sales pitch to them? No, really, no pitch. I said, I just, I, I, I sent an email. I said, listen, I'm, you know, I'm not looking for, you know, any compensation or anything. I'm happy to come and help out and um, just again be another set of eyes and ears, and maybe an alternative perspective can help you out in this situation. That was really it. Um, and I, and I figured, well, you know, at a minimum, it would be kind of cool if I could just go and. Check out LSU football. I mean, I mean, honestly, that was it for me. So, but, how big is the little device? Uh, so, the whole thing is about seven point two ounces, but you can you can fit you know in the palm of your hand. Um, it's a blower, it's a flexible tube, and then it's an outlet. Um, the blower and outlet are all custom design that we've made, uh, and we uh, manufacture, print, and, and build everything right now out of Innovation Park. And then the little batteries. It takes tiny little bitty yep. like watch batteries uh, or what? More actually, more like a cell phone battery. So it's a lithium polymer, a lipo battery that goes in there. Mm -hmm. um, they can charge it in about an hour and a half, two hours, and gives them about seven and a half hours of runtime. And and it really has made a difference in in. Um, what I mean, we have players that won't play without it now. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So so now you've gone from LSU to these other. Yep. Teams? Yeah. So we uh, so uh, through LSU and really refining it, you know, we didn't want to rush out and, and bring it to the market. And honestly, um, you know, I, I left LSU in, in August and, um, you know, the the team was was excited that they had this alternative to contact tracing at the time. And I really didn't see it as anything more at the beginning of August than an alternative for them if we needed to make a bunch for them to be able to play safely last season. Um, and it wasn't until Greg called me about a week later and said, listen, can you bring a few more in? And I thought, well, you must have some sort of COVID surge going on or something. And he said, no, he said, we just can't get it back from the player that has it right now. And I said, oh, that's interesting. So I went in and what we realized is the guys just wanted to put it on and leave it on wow. uh, at the time. And we thought, well, that's kind of crazy. And I remember just standing there with Greg Stringfellow and Jack Marucci and we were all kind of looking at each other. And I think it might've even been Jack that said, 
this might be a product you have here. <laughs> so we so we just made a few more and put it in the players' helmets, and the guys just loved it. They loved the additional airflow. They could, you know, I remember Jamar would say, you know, I can get my breath back a lot quicker, and um, you know, and just it provides a certain amount of cooling and and just a refreshing effect. I think for the players, so we're kind of on the opposite was, ends of the right. spectrum, right? But, and that is so important. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. if you want to finish four quarters, the longevity. You got is, it. That's exactly yeah. it. That is. I mean, they they want to try to perform to the best of their ability yes. through all four quarters, and um, you know, there's this idea of really time to exhaustion activities, and you're doing that in that heat, uh, and really trying to wear your body down all the way. Um, they're trying to perform at the very end of that that that's period, right. and um, what we found is our early research research shows that. Airflow over the face of an athlete uh, increases performance by almost 18.5% on average. So that's been kind of a huge moment for us. And having the patents on that airflow in helmet has really been a, a tremendously fortunate uh, save. Are there any sort of uh, like um, NCAA regulations, like like it would be maybe equivalent <clears throat> to a performance-enhancing drug or something? I mean, no. does it give the team that has it such a competitive advantage? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I, no more than, you know, a nice gust of breeze that's coming in your favor <laughs> during the game. Um, but, you know, it's uh, – I think for us, you know, the, there, there's the, the element of performance, but pe performance is really tied – and intertwined with safety very, very tightly Absolutely. correlated. And yeah. we found that there's some tremendous safety benefits and that's really where the hard hat uh, industry and construction industrial piece comes in where cooling the face and head uh, of, of an individual uh, helps a lot with heat illness related uh, injury. And um, and then there's, there's incredible correlations that we're already starting to study with LSU and internally with our head of research uh, around uh, uh, reducing traumatic head events uh, and the severity and, and possibility of traumatic head events when it comes to cooling. There's actually similar technology that was uh, developed by NASA uh, to cool the helmets, the heads of astronauts when wow. they go into outer space and reduce and actually eliminate concussive and head, head trauma events for astronauts. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Jack Karavich of Tiger Air and April Hill of Yoga Studio 90. April. Of course, your business model is all based around heat, yes. but, but you can do your workouts without the heat. And, you can. And you make up all those workouts that we yes. see online and post a fresh one every week. Yes, I do. And I'm very fortunate to have a team that uh, is behind me and I've now given them the um, autonomy and ability to create their own. And we're proud of our new things from 10 years ago. Now we offer something called Floga and cardio, which you and I were speaking the importance of cardio for, for many different reasons. So you still have that group of people that wanna get that extra burn, mm -hmm. that extra cardio addition, and we do that 30 minutes full on like a hit type workout. Then we follow that up with those lengthening poses of yoga, your standard yoga poses, which is obviously brings clarity, calmness, relaxation to the body, but still very rigorous um, workout as well. Now, so, is it, what about, um, I mean, like, like trademarking your workouts or, I mean, is there intellectual property to that, especially with so many online right. and a growing number of online? We are registered, um, and we, but you cannot trademark a squat. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that's a great quote. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. to answer your question. That's the way that that is. Mm -hmm. And um, and you know, I'm inspired by many different gurus throughout our world, not just the United States. But I have been working in a knit in a niche market, and I know how it works for an athlete. From um, and I work with many athletes. Um, we're also the 
strength and conditioning, part of the strength and conditioning program for Southern University, which we're really proud of and working with a couple of other universities because kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum from you, the more yoga they do, they their conditioning is kind of elevated and they can play longer in that prime moment like yep. you, you spoke of earlier. And so it's been very helpful with Parkview Baptist High School, Catholic High, um, Dunham. Those are just our local wow. um, teams that we have the, the privilege and honor of training. And guys are getting, I mean, I know there have always been a handful of yeah. men in the yoga, you know, yeah. T- local T. Bob Abair keeps <laughs> those fellas coming to us. He, um, of course, a former uh, center at LSU, really believes in the program and 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 helps keep those guys coming in and, and working on it. That's so great. Jack, once you and, and Jack Marucci decided that you had something here that was a real product, did you bring that then to LSU's Innovation Park and ask them to help you with the development the manufacturing and the patent application and all that or how did that come to yeah so it was, it was there was a few stages in in that in that uh, relationship and it really started actually uh, first with um uh, the patenting process and we worked with lsu's uh, uh ip department and they have an incredible ip department and really the decision there for us was to donate the patents to lsu ultimately and um for a few reasons uh honestly first and foremost none of this would have happened without lsu and um, they really rolled out the red carpet for us to help us with setting this company up and getting access to players and being able to um, to really have that type of tight turnaround that we had talked about, I think, on the phone. Um, and that that is a tremendous benefit when you're trying to innovate and, and iterate quickly. Sure. So, uh, so there's that component of it, the, the IP piece. And then having LSU uh, on a patent versus an individual also just provides you a lot of protection in industry. Um, not that anyone is going to go and steal a patent, but... Um, you know, realistically, when you see Louisiana State University as a patent holder, um, you're typically going to get phone calls to the university about partnership versus, well, maybe we can just make this and see mm-hmm. if they turn around and sue us. So, uh, so we get a tremendous amount of protection from LSU, and that was really the first step. Um, and then uh, after that was getting access and, and introduction to the Innovation Park. And they've just been amazing to work with, uh, um, you know, helping us grow with our space, flexible lease terms, being able to move into larger spaces that um, really works with a startup business uh, in a way where we would be spending, honestly, at least 10 times as much in New Orleans right now. Forget about a bigger market than New Orleans. So that has been an incredible saving for us as a company as we're trying to grow. And so let's talk about startup capital. I mean, April, did you... What did you need? Did you need money to get started to make your videos to promote? I mean, because they're very professional quality. It's not like thank you. You just turned on the, yes. the iPhone. We but needed maybe money. You did. <laughs> <laughs> we needed money. Um, yeah, I mean, you just my husband and I had some savings, threw it out there. As any business owner knows, it's a gamble, you know, mm-hmm. and it's taken leaps of faith, and uh, and that's thankfully because we were going online, we had as I'm looking at all this equipment in the room, I know what it cost. And then you have to put it out there. That's another cost. Um, it was, I already had a building and I had, you know, very forgiving and understanding people that I was doing business with already. Um, cause I couldn't go in, couldn't even utilize the space that I owned and had just built. So, um, yes, if you're asking about the startup costs, they were very much there. But I found, and I'm, and it sounds similar to your story, which is so refreshing, local businesses wanted to help me. Yeah. They were jumping up and down and saying, hey, we, we're privileged to do the artwork. Wow. We want to do this. We want to help you take this to the next level. And that's, that, I mean, it gives me chills thinking about it because that's what it's all about. 
That's huge. That yeah. really, really is. Yeah. And and then Jack, I mean, it seems like for, to manufacture these devices yeah. now that y'all are up and running, you yeah. need. There, there's. I mean, there's a, certainly a steep startup cost, and you know what we've learned is, um, you know, we we have a lot of uh, engineering talent in house, mm -hmm. and you kind of you kind of juggle between outsourcing and paying a premium or learning how to do things on your own. And we've really erred on the side, and this is a lot what we learned from Jack Marucci, he's been an incredible mentor, uh, same as Greg Shrinkfellow is, not just getting the product right, but also trying to own as much in-house versus sending it overseas, for example. And um, you know, when we want to build a business with that type of vertical integration, uh, there's there are costs to it, but uh, and it takes a little longer. So for us, uh, it was all self-funded initially um, by me, and um, you know, leaving leaving my last job, it was really, that moment where I was like, what I've always wanted to do is be an entrepreneur. Um, you know, so my wife and I sat down, we talked about it and we sold all of our nice cars. Uh, we sold <laughs> our nice house. Um, and we, we took the approach of, we're going to have a more practical lifestyle. So it affords me the ability to work on this sort of, you know, I would say almost this hedge, this lottery ticket of, you know, one in a million shot where I'm going to do something entrepreneurial eventually. And hopefully it works out. It, it just happened to be this, but it wasn't something I was actively going after at that moment. Um, I was really waiting till after, like, well, let me wait till after the pandemic and put some thought and figure out what, what I'm gonna do. And I actually had a startup in Atlanta I would started right before the pandemic that I had just wound down because of the pandemic that I invested a lot in. And we uh, had an incredible success early. We were one of the hottest new, uh, top 20 hottest new startups in the Southeast. Doing what? Um, it was going to be a competitor to Angie's List and uh, wow. Home Advisor. <laughs> so it was really kind of, yeah, I know, I know. It's, I, I, and I, I'm still like, you know, it's one of those where I, one of my board members, uh, John Elstrad, who's the uh, former chairman of the board of Whole Foods, uh, when John came on, he said, Jack, you're going to have to choose between the two now and you can't keep one going. Um, but we, uh, we were essentially going to this text-based system where uh, it was really about getting access to uh, to home improvement professionals in your area and being able to get them in an on-demand fashion like Uber via text message. So you can schedule them really quickly all through like this text-based system. Um, so uh, so we were doing that, but uh, but this just felt uh, just we had so much momentum with uh, with football and what we were seeing and the demand and the reaction that uh, it was hard to say, well, let's keep working on this other tech play and you know pause on this when there was just so much momentum behind it. And April, do you have a, a board member like a John Elstrad or, you know, like a business mentor or advisor, or is it your husband really helping you? Well, I mean, he's great, but I also have, <laughs> yes, I'm very fortunate to have business coach um, and mentors that are, that help me a lot. And uh, my, one of a restaurant entrepreneur chef, uh, Peter Sclafani, who's also sure. my cousin, oh, I go to him and uh, a lot. So I'm very fortunate to have very strong women and men in business, not just here in Louisiana, but throughout. And, uh, and I think everybody needs that. I, I, I'm so blessed to have that. So with the online workouts now, I mean, is still most of your customer base local or are you reaching out of state? Oh, or we have, have like people, we have people in other countries. Really? Yeah. So, so how many, really like how many subscribers were, or? We're probably now, gosh, I, I can't even remember the last time I looked at our subscribers because all of our current studio members also have a subscription that's okay. part of it mm -hmm. for those that travel and then have children out of state and all this good stuff. But we, when we started, we were like, our goal is just to get a hundred. Let's just <laughs> get a hundred. And now we're probably, gosh, we're a year into this, maybe around 425, something like that. Um, and so... 
I'm I'm totally fine to just cruise right here and just I mean, keep right. Keep yeah, going. because we also have a brick and mortar, and we're looking to grow in in the southeast. That so, as well. So you could ultimately like franchise your yes. own workouts. Yeah. And there's so much competition out there, though, right? I mean, a lot of free stuff on YouTube that's yeah. really not that good. Correct. How do you? <laughs> and then there's a lot of good stuff out there. You know, I think it's about relationship building and honoring what your true niche is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna appeal for someone who wants just an ooey gooey, stretchy workout. I, I'm gonna appeal to someone who wants results. You know, like you, you're real <laughs> ambitious. You're on the go. You want that killer workout. That's yeah. my group. That's who I'm looking for. So we do attract a lot of athletes and people that are Type A, wound up tight. Yeah. That's who who we attract. That would be that would be here. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Jack, now you speaking of out of out of state, you are are opening a headquarters in Richmond. I mean, Correct. does that mean that Baton Rouge is not going to be home to this oh, great no. company that was birthed here? How Quite does the that opposite. Work? Okay. Um, we're, we're actually planning to move into a larger space now because we're, uh, we're doing shipping and, and packaging here in Baton Rouge as well. But, um, but again, you know, um, uh, for us really, we see the relationship that we're fortunate enough to have with LSU being akin to what a Nike gets with an Oregon. I mean, it's, you can't replicate this anywhere. Um, so for us, Building on R&D, the relationship we have with the engineering department, um, the, the team that we've hired, I mean, our, our, all of our junior employees are LSU grads, uh, all of our interns are LSU students. Um, we just have such incredible access to so much talent, um, both from an education and academics uh, standpoint with students and, and faculty, but then also with athletics. So, um, you know, Richmond's uh, great for us, uh, for me, frankly. And my, yeah. my wife and I, where, you know, she can't work out of Louisiana. Um, and we have uh, several employees of the company that are based in Virginia and around Richmond. Um, so it works and it's advantageous. But as far as building up a, a presence in Baton Rouge, we're going to continue to do that indefinitely. Well, Jack Karavich and April Hill, it's been so refreshing to hear such success stories that were born amid the dark days of the pandemic. And you both are so inspirational and motivational. It's been great to have you here today in person. Good luck to you both. And thank you for sharing your stories with me on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Jack Karavich of Tiger Air and April Hill of Yoga Studio 90. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Tiger Air and Yoga Studio 90 by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at Acro. That's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. And our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. Our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again around the table at Mansur's next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. 
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.